We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 123 for June 2020, and here are your hosts, myself, Joe, SL, and TI12743. This is Nikki, DZ8397. This is Todd, TI and TB10078. And this is Marcus, TK14057. The 501st Legion is currently at 14,106 members with 30,069 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Sven, TK25776, a new stormtrooper for German Garrison's Arma Candida squad. In this episode, we have only a couple missions to report on, and a few new CRLs, and a really fun interview with 501st Legion Honorary Member Greg Grunberg. Stay tuned! Recent news. So, before we get much further into our episode, as with last month's acknowledgement of how COVID-19 has greatly impacted our trooping lives, and real lives, it would be remiss if we didn't pause and reflect on the revitalization of the Black Lives Matter movement after the death of George Floyd, and the reaffirmation that the 501st Legion stands with our Black members, fans, and community. Normally, as a hobby costuming club, we try to steer clear of most real-world topics, but this is decidedly different. Both Disney and Lucasfilm have lent their support to the movement, sharing the heart-wrenching speech of John Boyega at a demonstration in the UK, which we'll have a link to in our show notes. In case you missed the deluge of videos pouring from our social media channels this past weekend, be sure to head over to either our Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube channel to catch up on our Order 6-6 day programming. Garrisons, outposts, and detachments from around the world submitted content to help raise awareness for the 501st Legion's Make-A-Wish Endowment Fund at www.wish.org slash 501st Fan. Even the 501st Cast team with Chris, TK6744, from Empire City Garrison, invaded the broadcast to answer your questions live for over an hour. Speaking of ECG, they also held their third monthly virtual troop over at their ECG Virtual Troop Facebook page. On June 6th, they had 10 members participate and contribute this time around, plus contributions from guest garrisons. For this event, they chose to support the Goshen Food Pantry. Posted videos included shout-outs, birthday greetings for Zach, Order 66 greetings, demonstrations, and skits. They also used this event to highlight the ECG Under the Helmet series and put together a special 30-minute compilation of the first 11 episodes. This compilation featured clips from 10 of the 11 episodes, specifically around the members' most rewarding favorite troops. They featured four episodes of the series for this virtual troop, featuring Andrew, DS-10214, John, TS-11249, 
the Jordan trip and a special guest episode with William TR7014, who is the 70th Explorer's Garrison and Rebel Legion CEO. The birthday greetings for Zach that we mentioned uh, were for young men with Down syndrome whose birthday bowling party ECG attended five years ago. This year he had his milestone 18th birthday and his mom reached out asking for some extra birthday wishes as Zach is a huge Star Wars fan and was very disappointed with uh, his birthday party was canceled due to the COVID-19 situation. Overall they managed to raise over uh, $250 for the Goshen Food Pantry so far but are keeping the fundraiser on the Virtual True page up to hopefully reach their $500 goal. Here are a few new additions and updates to our costume reference library. Our clone trooper detachment has two new CRLs. The Coruscant Guard Phase 2 Officer is now live, and ARC Trooper Phase 2 Jesse is also now live. Pathfinders have added a new Scout Trooper variation to their listing. The Scout Trooper, as seen in Jedi Fallen Order, CRL is now live. Bounty Hunters Guild has updated the CRL for Boba Fett Return of the Jedi Special Edition with some color palettes to assist builders in getting the right colors. Our Imperial Officer Corps has updated version 3 of the ISB Officer to include Isana Sard ISB version. Be sure to also check out the Director of Intelligence Isana Sard CRL for hair and contact lens reference information. And as always, you can check out links to our new CRLs in our show notes. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. And while we do occasionally make note of our honorary members and what they're up to, we're going to continue making a more diligent effort to showcase at least a couple every episode. And little did we know that when we talked about Greg's new project, The Insiders, last episode, that we would have the honor of hosting him for this episode. So be sure to stay tuned for that interview right after our mission report segment. But for this episode, we wanted to make sure that you were aware that honorary 501st member Ahmed Best, a.k.a. Jar Jar Binks, his new show, Jedi Temple Challenge, premiered today, June 10th, on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. So be sure to check out the link in our show notes. And in sad news, uh, Ken Nightingale passed away since our last episode. He was 92. And although likely very few of our fans knew his name before last month, he was famous for being the boom operator in pink short shorts. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Have you ever had your credit card declined on a major purchase? I'm sorry, Lord Vader, but your card has been declined. Embarrassing, isn't it? I find your lack of salesmanship disturbing. Run it again. I'm sorry, my lord. It was declined again. Forced through and, and approved, my lord. All too easy. With the Imperial Express card, you never get declined, no matter what the circumstances are. And let's face it, are you going to say no to the Dark Lord of the Sith? Imperial Express. Don't leave hyperbaric meditation chamber without it. Mission reports. Empire City Garrison was invited by the Southern California Garrison to join a Zoom call for an 8-year-old boy with autism on Friday, May 15th. The boy's therapist had contacted Empire City Garrison initially, but when she mentioned the boy was in L.A., ECG checked with Southern California Garrison and found they were already planning to join the call. SoCal Garrison was pleased to have ECG join the call with them. Chris, TB6744, Bill, TK20177, and Matt, 
IN62257, from ECG, were able to join via Zoom along with five members of Southern California Garrison. They all chatted with the young man and his therapist for about 30 minutes, discussing Star Wars and answering questions like, what do you eat? Where are you right now? What are your favorite characters? What vehicles do you use? And more. Despite heavy thunderstorms moving into the area on the evening of Monday, May 25th, nine members of Oklahoma Garrison geared up in the parking lot outside St. John Hospital in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, to show their thanks and appreciation to the hospital staff for all they do. Members were on hand to wave and show off their signs, thanking staff workers during their shift change. They even had dogs had cookies. It may have poured, but the rain didn't dampen our spirits. Garrison CO Chris would like to say, on behalf of our entire garrison, thank you to the brave women and men at all of the local hospitals here in Oklahoma and all over the world who are working on the front lines. On May 30th, Oklahoma Garrison participated in an outdoor drive through con that was free to the public. They set up shop near the side of the lane setup for convention traffic and waved as friends and families drove through for some Saturday fun. Here's a quick video they shot as an intro to that event, and of course that video will be linked in our show notes. On June 3rd, Empire City Garrison participated in a mock Q&A over Zoom in costume to be used as a segment for the Mepham High School Chop Your Locks virtual event to benefit the St. Baldrick's Foundation for Childhood Cancer that was held on June 5th. Six members from ECG participated, and they were asked the following questions like, How's the Empire holding up now that you all have to work from home? Of all things to do, why participate in St. Baldrick's? Why is St. Baldrick such an important event for people of both the Empire and the Resistance to go to and support? If the Empire can make a weapon that can destroy a planet, why not use that same power to cure cancer? Do you have any Ewoks in your group? Why do people not like Ewoks? If hanging out with Jar Jar Binks makes you immune from coronavirus, would you do it? Do Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers need face masks, or does their armor double as protection from the virus as well? For the Stormtroopers, do you guys ever do any target practice? So as you likely guessed, many of these questions were were basically for comic effect, and uh, ECG stayed in character, kept it clean, and the interview was conducted by one of the Mepham High School students named Luke. Merely a coincidence, we're told. After the interview, troopers took turns doing shout-outs for their event that were used as well. This is a 501st Cast special report. What's going on? Hey, glad you could join us. Yeah. Oh, so happy. It's wonderful. Yeah, my pleasure. um, We kind of, the three of us, we host the 501st Legions podcast. Nice. Um, So, but with Zoom, we've just started doing some, you know, video stuff as well. But uh, primarily, we're going to kind of take the audio from this and play it during our podcast. We're also going to take the video and um, probably put that on YouTube or Facebook or something as well. Cool. Um, so we kind of, the between the three of us, we worked out uh, a few different questions to ask. Uh, between, All right. A lot of curveballs. Yeah. A lot of curveballs. Don't expect yeah. me to remember names <laughs> and uh, <laughs> details. I'll, I'll share my experience. <laughs> so to give you like a high level, you know, we have, you know, some questions about, you know, Star Wars, some questions about what you're doing nowadays, project-wise, and some questions, you know, what you're into charity-wise. So just to give you a heads up, we're going to cover. Bring it on. I'm you know, ready. Kind of 
You guys don't scare me. <laughs> oh. But we're and supposed our- to be the bad guys. You're yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys are the good guys. I have to say, uh, just I'll start off just by saying how much I appreciate everything that you guys do. You've always been there for me. You've always supported everything that I've done charity wise. And then beyond that, it's, you know, it's so incredible, especially right now. You know, when you look at what's going on in the world and you see, okay, well, it took something like Star Wars that the passion of something that, that, you know, it, it means so much to all of us, but you know, it doesn't mean as much to everyone else in the world as it does to this massive group, you know, um, of fans, but to see how we can take something like this and come together and say, all right, let's do some good, you know, in the, in the, in the spirit of, of something that we love so much, let's do some good. And, you know, it's great to talk about it and, and to, de- to debate it and all of that. But, but what I appreciate more is the time that you guys put in to make people smile and make people happy. It's just, it's so important right now. And uh, you've done that for me a bunch. And, and I know, you know, everywhere I go, people know the 501st. They talk about it. They, they have an experience. Oh, I was in the hospital. Eh, a friend of mine, I was at an event. I saw the thing. I mean, it's just, it's endless and you just keep doing it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We, you. we enjoy it so much. And, you know, it's really hard right now with, uh, you know, not being able to go anywhere. So at least yeah. trying to do a lot of things virtually and, uh, you know, try to still continue that, uh, that effort online, what we can in the meantime. Yeah, no, it's been great. And, and uh, even my new, uh, thing that I've been doing, trying to, you know, entertain during the quarantine, you guys have supported that. So I really, everything's just great. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> actually, when you want to talk more about that, this is the, uh, the insiders project. Yeah. So the insiders, um, uh, call went out right when we all were locked in quarantine, uh, from Warner Media 150. And if you don't know, it's a, it's a side of Warner Media that, um, they, they'll take on projects and writers and, and, and things that are a little offbeat, right? So smaller projects, they'll finance, you know, the development of a script or a project or whatever. And they have some really amazing writers and, um, mainly they work with writers and then they'll, they'll shoot little packages and shoot little things to try and sell. And they've set up projects, uh, both in TV and film. Anyway, they went on, uh, Facebook and they were like, look, this is this, this, we can't stop being creative. We have this incredible uh, list of writers and people. Anybody uh, have any ideas? And of course, we jumped on it. There's a guy that I work with at Bandwagon Media. That's my production company named Diego uh, Cantu. And he's brilliant. And he and Brad Savage and myself, um, uh, we followed Diego's lead. And Diego was like, Hey, here, we, we can do this. We know a bunch of actors and they're sitting at home and you bring. So we decided to be the middlemen and we together with 150, we produced these. And they're kind of SNL-ish, you know, shorts. Uh, they're five pages or less. Some of them run a little over five minutes, but they're amazing. They've been such such a great experience. We were using, at first, we were using Zoom as, um, you know, that was kind of our limit was, okay, what scenes could play out over Zoom? And obviously mm-hmm. anything's two people talking. So we, Dan Fogler and Sherry Shepard did a dating thing. And then we had... Um, Kate Micucci and Rob Benedict and, uh, and Drew Powell did this crazy music therapy thing. And then we did a tiger, uh, um, you know, the, um, uh, you know, Joe exotic kind of a thing, um, with, uh, Jack Coleman with a bunch of people. And <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's been amazing. I've been directing all of them. The writers have been amazing, uh, from Sam Lembeck to, uh, um, you know, a, a bunch of people, Alfonso, uh, Harula Rose, uh, all these great writers and, they, they just picked it up for five more. So we're now developing and we're going to, we're going to take it off of zoom and we're going to put it on. Um, we're going to like use different other devices 
um, celebrity or, or actor couples that are living together, they'll shoot a scene because they're able to do that. Um, and then uh, other devices, like we're getting ideas. We also partnered with Legion M, who I know you guys know, um, and they threw some ideas at us. Um, and then we, we, we are guaranteed an audience, you know, on their Twitch channel. So they, they bring the audience and then it's, you know, I, I started a YouTube channel because of it. I'm like, I gotta park these somewhere until we find out what to do with it. So people can go to youtube.com slash Greg Grunberg channel and watch all of them. Um, if you want to binge them. And again, they're, they're five minutes or under and, and it's been a blast. It's been a really good, good experience. And are you, uh, how often are you promoting these? Are you like, are making new episodes? Well, we, for, for, uh, consistently for five weeks, six weeks, five or six weeks, we did, um, every Wednesday at 5 PM on Twitch on Legion M's channel. Um, we were putting up a new episode and what was really interesting and, and we're going forward, we we're formatting is we had the actors, writers and, and us, the producers, um, talking about the episode and then we would run it and then we would take questions. And, you know, that format's not new, but if you think about that format, let's, let's say SNL, what I, what I want to do is I want to take it and like if SNL, if you were in the writer's room at SNL and they were like, Oh, you know, it'd be funny. You do that little thing with the paper clips in your mouth. What if there was a, a girl at a county fair who did the thing? Hey, let's try that. Then you saw the sketch. <laughs> then you came back and they were like, okay, I, that wasn't what I was expecting. That went <laughs> way like that's hilarious to me. And I love, you know, you see Colin Jost and Michael Che and you know, they're the head writers and you know, they're also performers and, and a lot of these act, uh, writers are performers as well. So it's great. And then also enlisting the help of Legion M, they're giving us creative ideas. Let's say we came out, you know, we came to you guys and said, okay, let's, let's do a Star Wars theme, th- something or, you know, you guys are, we're, we're all fans. We're also creators. I mean, we all sit and we, you know, we have ideas and things. So, you know, we want to get everybody involved, but I just love the idea of watching a show where you see the writers, you see the inspiration, and then you see the product and then you talk about it. It could be great. So that's the kind of show we're, we're trying to form uh, together uh, and then put also a, a musical performance in because I've had a band for years, um, you know, with a band from TV with a bunch of actors. And so actors are musicians and musicians are actors and, you know, there's a big crossover. So why not have um, one of the actors in the episode also perform a song and it's unexpected and you're like, wow, that person can really sing, you know, like Oscar Isaac, forget him. He's, he's a terrible musician, but <laughs> anybody but Oscar, I don't have a Snap Wexley action figure to be uh, to tie in, but I do have if you can see it. Oh yeah, my Lego. I have the Lego. So so yeah, your your band that you were just talking about, it's called the Action Figures, right? Yeah, by the way, look look what I made. Whoops. Uh hold on. Oh wait. It's tie piloted. No, okay, bag. I, I saw I see Hazard Squadron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, it's so bad. Hold on. I'm, I'm taking it. Is. Oh, there. We can there, see it now. Can see it. Oh, yeah. You got to hold it like in front yeah. of you. There you go. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Took yeah. a patch. Yeah. Put it on. I almost put one of your, the 501st patch on, but I, this, this looks so cool just right on the front of this thing that oh, I was like, right. I have to do it. Very nice. Now you know where to go. I know. Trust me. You guys are, first of all, I can't tell you how many drinks I've had to buy you guys uh, all over the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need a yes. coin. I know. Don't do it to me now. No. <laughs> I actually was for this. I have a, my carry. You know, I have a, the, the carry uh, a coin, and I I was gonna. It's in my bedroom. But anyway, I uh, I definitely need a Snap Wexley pen uh, um, uh, coin 
So we got to make that happen. I got to talk to the right, you know, you guys know the right people I know. So I'll, yeah. I'll get that going. <laughs> um, so speaking of us, you know, you were inducted in September, uh, 2016 by, uh, our star garrison with, uh, Chris Curtis, I believe, uh, sponsored your honorary membership. Was yes. Like that, uh, your first real interaction with us or when did you first learn about the 501st? Oh no, I've known about the Fiverr first for, I can't even remember when the first one, but every time I go to a con, uh, they're always well represented and, and I'll go over and, you know, and hang out and take pictures and do all that stuff and sign as much as I can and just hang out. Um, and then people coming up to me all the time. And then, you know, there's, it's kind of like fight club. Like it's so cool. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be places and I, like I'll be in an elevator and someone will just be like, What's up, man? How you doing? And I'm like, hey, good. And they're like, I'm 501st. I'm like, that's awesome. So to be able to now say, yeah, I'm part of the group. You know, I'm part of the uh, the 501st uh, is just great. It, there's pride in that. It's awesome. Yeah. So you guys had some questions too? Yeah. So I'd like to jump into uh, Rise of Skywalker for a moment. Yeah. And the technology specifically like that was being used uh you know by having Carrie Fisher's performance in the film and you know i thought it was just absolutely incredible you know never been done before in such a manner that i think was ultimately incredibly successful and so i wanted to know what did you think of that when it you know all being set up you know and being filmed i mean i'm sure there was a lot of extra you know, requirements and, and set up, you know, in order to do that. Can you tell us anything about that? You know, that process that, you know, because you were probably, I'm, I'm imagining you were firsthand, you know, seeing it happen. Yeah. Not only that, um, I was, I was absolutely firsthand and I was in, you know, a, a couple of, a few of the scenes, uh, where we used Carrie's performance. I say we, I thought it was just so brilliantly done. Um, I think JJ and, and the whole, team behind the scenes, you know, they were, they were just so smart. It was like reverse engineering. They were like, okay, we need these beats. We need these moments. We want our, our fearless leader to, to say these lines. And then they went back and said, okay, what are the lines? What, what stuff has been cut out of the other films? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, in the first film for me, there were, I knew there was stuff on the, on the editing room floor. Now I didn't know, you know, and then there was beyond stuff that I shot with Carrie. So, um, it was great to, to see that stuff being used. And then also the, the way that, that JJ did it, it was just so, with so much respect on set. That is a very creepy thing to, to, to do. Um, if it's with an actor that you don't really know and it's like, okay, well, I mean, apparently this is somebody that we all love so much and, um, me especially, you know, and then of course, you know, Billy's there and, and, uh, I, I, Billy and I have become, you know, we were close on set and stuff and I, we talk all the time and I mean, it's not as much as I'd like. I, I love her so much and <laughs> she's just the best. She's spitting image of her mom, you know, as far as personality and sense of humor and love for everyone and professionalism. So it was like, you want to handle it with as, as much dignity and respect as you possibly can. And JJ did. Um, it was, it was interesting. There was a, a really great actress who um, uh, she stood in for Carrie. So she had that, you know, same size, um, and she carried herself just like Carrie and it was for the over the shoulder shots and things like that. But for, for the shots, you know, where they used Carrie's dialogue, I mean, it was, they used her and they put it on digitally in a, in a way that, so it's, it's digital in, in the fact that they're 
piecing things together, but it's not digital. They're not manufacturing anything. That is her right. performance. Yeah. And um, so for that reason, I think, you know, there's a lot of trust. You have to trust as an actor, especially like heroes, you know, that show, I was a mind reader. I went like this. I, I was hoping that they would shake the camera the right way and make it cool. <laughs> All I was doing was this. You know? <laughs> it doesn't work in real life. So you have to trust that the final product is going to end up being great. In this case, I mean, it was, you know, there were times that we'd laugh about it on set, to be honest, you know, just be like, okay, this is crazy. Oh my God. She's here right now looking down going, what are you doing? You know? And then, and then there were moments, you know, where, I mean, I got to stand over princess Leia's, you know, uh, over her body, you know, when she's passing and just those moments, you, you can't help, but blur the lines and, and think about this incredible person that we've lost. And, uh, and what she had, she had so much more to give and so much, so many more people to touch and, and, uh, you know, and love. And, and she was just great. She was just incredible. So it was, it was, it's a, it's a mixture of emotions yeah. for me. And because the thing about it is because I'm such good friends with, uh, JJ, I knew more about it than most, um, mm. going into it. Um, I can't even remember any, any, like, there's no any secrets or anything like that. All, all he, all JJ kept saying is, I think we found a way to to make this great and and to really honor Carrie in a way that doesn't seem like we're exploiting the situation in any way. You know, it's really tough. It's like when they put up, um, I think it was uh, Last Jedi. I remember there was a billboard that just had her on it, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you look at that and you go, what are you doing? Like, that's that's not, to, to me, my first guttural reaction was, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's great. But at the same time, like, that's, kind of taking advantage of, of something that we're all thinking about right now. She wouldn't want that. She just wouldn't, you know, unless it was, you know, uh, you know, the rise of Leia or something like that. She, yeah. she'd want her own movie, but, but I mean, it's, it was, it was almost like, okay, that you need to have a poster, like you can feature her, but not just her. Um, so I think, I just think that, that with the rise of Skywalker, I think he, you know, at Disney, everybody just did a really wonderful job. Um, and obviously I, I think you guys feel the same way. It was just perfect. Really perfect. We do. Oh yeah. I just think it was amazing. Uh, just, you know, I couldn't fathom how, how actually what a big part that she played in the movie, considering none of it was initially planned. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. So movies come out, right? Like Rise of Skywalker came out. The first react, like the, one of the first things I heard was, Oh, you know, JJ's pandering. Oh, he's pandering. You heard that, you know, where it's like, Oh, every little bit, everything, all the real. And I'm like, what do we, what is he, what do people think we want? Like all we want is to see Wedge and to see this and that. And now that like he's giving us everything. He's doing it right. And, and I don't know, like within the Legion, like, you know, uh, within the 501st, is it, are there just massive like conversations where people, I mean, everybody has their own opinion. So, you know, what, what happens right when a movie comes out? Like, do you guys get on immediately and start talking about it? It must. We do. We do. I mean, like, uh, Nikki and I were fortunate enough to be in Los Angeles during the premiere and we saw you on the blue carpet and, mm-hmm. and right after the movie, uh, you know, finished, I guess we were, I guess, just sitting in our seats, right? Nikki and just being totally, Blown away. Yeah, we couldn't um, there until they started shooing people out. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so, you, guys, you guys got invited, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we were there. Um, but so, to me, the initial reaction is always very uh, 
kind of over the top, like it's most amazing movie ever, and 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 you know this and that, and and but and sometimes it fades, but this time this time it didn't fade. It was just it kept it kept riding the wave. Yeah, of like this is great, this is great, you know. And I I saw JJ on the way out. I, I thanked him and um um and you know he said thank you and then so but it was just uh, uh it it still it it holds up. There are very few things I would have seen or I'd like to see differently. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. agree. And I also, the third, fourth, fifth time I saw it, I was like, I'm catching things. My kids are catching things. Yeah. You know, that's hard to do. And not for me. I'm a bit of a dummy. Like, I just sit and I just want to be entertained. I don't analyze too much the first couple times I see a movie. But my boys are really smart and they're, you know, they're older. They're men. And they're just like, wow. And, you know, do you think about that? There were a couple of times when, I remember I, I actually asked JJ, I called him. I was like, Hey, was that a, a reference or a callback to? And he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, you know, the movie's been out for two months now. Really? Like, just got on. So let me ask you this, like for you guys, because I get asked this all the time, but you guys are in the same situation. I am um, pretty much, you know, you're so entrenched. You guys are so, you know, you're, you're part of the, behind the scenes family now, and you have been for a while, does it ruin the movies uh, or does it just, you know, make them that much better that, you know, you have an intimate relationship with like guys like me and like JJ, you say, and you get invited to the, to the premiere. I mean, they wouldn't do the premiere without you guys. You know, it's like, you're now part of the thing. So it's like, you know, is it, do you, you know, is it different than when you, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you know, the behind the scenes workings and the people. Like, I like, think, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just going to say that, sorry, that, uh, I think anybody, whenever any of us are able to participate in something like that, we are extremely thankful and just want to portray the, the best that we can be, you know, on behalf of the Legion. Uh, no, no, uh, time is it ever expected or right. do we think we are part of anything we we feel like we are being invited and uh at any opportunity to do that we're just so incredibly thankful but you're, but you're such an integral part yeah. of <laughs> the canon now and have been for for a long time i mean you know that it's not you can't pretend like you're not you really are it's like you know the, you're hand in hand with lucasfilm i mean they they don't you know you do some stuff you check with them they do stuff they turn to you because you're you you have such numbers and you're so passionate about this stuff. You know, when the, when, when the 501st says, Oh, this is happening, people pay attention, which is great, you know, whether it's an event or whatever. So I just think it's great. I think it's organically grown into a really wonderful relationship, but I'd love, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, so for, for example, like, you know, we see certain like new characters on screen and, and, and see what they're wearing. So we kind of, I kind of focus on, you know, how do we, how do we do this? You know, how, how can this be done? Uh, you know, like, is there a difference between, you know, like the Sith Trooper? Wow, he looks good, you know, but. Right, right, how right. He, how does he move? What, what is he wearing? What is, how does he look from, from the back? And then, so it's so kind when of. So you guys saw Claude for the first time, you must have been like, oh, that's going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> that's, that's not. Rebel Legion can, can deal with that. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so well, it's like it, uh, Go ahead, Nikki. Uh, to that end, like, I did watch uh, something like The Mandalorian differently. Like, I didn't just say, oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stormtroopers in the background. No, those are our stormtroopers, and I paid more attention to them than I probably right. would have normally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I 
that's that's I think but but overall I think it amplifies our our love of Star Wars and our fandom. I don't think it is, you know, ruin the magic for us knowing that our our members are participating. I think it enhances the magic and makes us even more eager to generate magic when we go out yeah. and do events. See, that's that's exactly the way I felt. I mean, being out, first of all, it was, you know, I, I just felt like the luckiest little kid in the world to be asked, you know, for Force Awakens. I was like, what? What? JJ tells me, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, and then I heard the name Snap Wexley. I was like, it's only getting better, you know? And then, and then I, you know, squeezed into the uh, jumpsuit and I'm, oh, it zips up. Thank God it zips up, you know? And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, I was just thrilled to take that whole ride, uh, just even a small part, you know, and then to see how it was embraced, to see how my character was then, uh, expanded upon in, in the, you know, the Poe Dameron series and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff just blew me away. You know, for, to have people coming up to me and telling me like, Oh, you know, Nora, the story of your mom and you, Oh, and you got the thing. And Oh my God, but that, you know, and, and it just, it's, it's exciting. Now I have to like, you know, engage more and learning more about my own character. Yep. Just awesome. And then JJ tells me uh, like, and this, this, I'm sure you had this question, but this is, this is what actually happened was JJ. We, we talk all the time. He's my best friend. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, um, it looks like I'm going to do uh, episode nine. And I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, I'm going to do episode nine. I was so thrilled. Oh, he said, call me up and he goes, I got good news and I got better news. And I'm like, okay. And he tells me and I'm like, this is incredible. And I forgot about better news. And then I'm like, oh, what was the better news? And he's like, snaps back, dude. Snaps back. <laughs> like, yeah. He also gave me the bad news though. What's that? You also get, did, you, did he also give you the bad news? No. So the bad news didn't come right away. The bad news was <laughs> it was bad, good, bad, good throughout the writing process, you know? Oh, um, really? Yeah. He was like, he and Chris, you know, they're going to, they're going to work on it. And, and then he called me and said, you know, we need a really great moment and we need someone that we really care about to perish. And, and, uh, I really think this could be awesome. And <laughs> I just have to trust him. And, and he said, what do you think about that? He goes, if you don't want to, if you don't want to die, I, 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 I mean, this is what a great opportunity for an actor, you know, if you don't want to die. And I said, I'm like, dude, I trust you implicitly. So if you think it's something, you know, and that's, that's obviously the way I feel about everything, even in life, I trust that guy, um, with everything. And I said, um, I was like, are you ever going to do another Star Wars? And he was like, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. This is about you, dude. This is about your character. And I'm like, I know, but I just, I want to work with you. It was all about working with JJ. At that point. And, uh, and he said, no, I think this is going to be really great. So what, what in my mind, of course, being the selfish actor that I am, I want as many great moments as possible. I'm thinking if you're going to kill a character like this off, you've got to build them up with those great, you know, those moments of levity and love that we love. Hopefully people love that character. Um, and that can only be good for me. It can be another little pop, another little line, another list, this and that. And we had a few. I mean, we really, there's a few that are on the editing room floor. And um, uh, I have yet to check out all of the Easter eggs and stuff. Uh, so I've got to check that out. But there were a bunch of things. I mean, there's a there's a scene that we shot um, where uh, um, Ray's in the cave and she's trying to communicate. Um, and she's, she's like, Master Luke, I blah, 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 blah. And then you hear Ray and she turns and I'm like, and she, oh, she goes, you hear Ray? And she goes, Luke, she returns and I'm like, no, snap. Snap to me. It's so funny. And I'm like, Leia needs you or whatever. And, um, 
and, and so, and then I'm there with Rose and, and we give a little bit of information and then she says, all right, I'll be right there. And I turn to Rose and I'm like, she forgot my name. I mean, it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> my name. I mean, that's hilarious. So we, we, did, we got to shoot that. We got to shoot. There were, there are a bunch of moments like that. I had a great, a great moment with Claude, which, um, again, I don't know if it's in the extras, but it's, it was so funny. It was right after the, the, um, Falcon lands and we're all putting out the fires and stuff. And, and you had just seen Claude for the first time on the ship. And then, um, I'm standing and I have a great photo of it, of me standing there with, uh, with him. But, uh, JJ was like, why don't you stay, stand there and say something about him? And, uh, and so I was like, everybody's running around. So no one knows who the hell this guy is. And I go, who's this? And he's just standing there hulking like this. And it's just so funny. JJ actually laughed so hard. He literally fell to the ground and he was dying laughing. And we did a, you know, whatever series of five or five of them. And, and Oscar took that picture. Um, I'll never forget. He's like, dude, give me your phone. And I go, I don't have my phone. I pretended because you're not allowed to have phones. <laughs> and he goes, I see it in your pants. dude. Give me your phone. <laughs> I gave him my phone. He took this great shot. Um, that I'll say, I think you guys have seen it, but I'll send it to you. JJ showed it at, uh, you know, at, um, celebration before the movie and everything. So I don't know. I have these just like great, mo- you know, memories. And so, um, but, but going through it, it was like I knew those moments were going to happen. They did happen, and then uh, you know, in 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 the um, Force Awakens, when I did my flying stuff, and I've talked about this before, but I do do my flying stuff, and they have you go through a series of lines, you know. So it's like, all right, you know, I got your back, and and up left, look out, start, you know, behind you, I see him, I got him, woo, you know, all these things, and they're going to use them later when when they match it up to special effects, right? And then they have a list of things that you don't want to say, where it's like, I've been hit. I'm going down. (laughs) Come on. No. You know, that kind of stuff. And they had Oscar do them. They had me do them. They had uh, Jess do them. They had everybody do them. And then they got to, I mean, sorry. And then they asked me to do them. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. (laughs) And JJ was on another uh, set. It was the second unit. And they called over to him and they're like, Greg won't say those lines. He's like, well, if you won't say him, you won't say him. Sorry. <laughs> and it was like my way of saying, I don't want to die. <laughs> but on the second one, I knew it. And then I shot, uh, I shot some stuff. They rejiggered stuff. Then I went back to London for just a couple of pickup things. They had to do little things. JJ's so brilliant about that. Like he, he saves a few days for after they've cut scenes together to, you know, a lot of great directors do that. But, um, well, anyway, actually, it, s- I was just yeah, saying, since you just talked about the second movie, right? It's like, well, you weren't in The Last Jedi, though. We did have a question. I was wondering, what do you think Snap Wexley was doing in, in universe? What, what was I he think, off I doing think, during those events? I think he was perfecting his banana bread. I really do. I think he was <laughs> trying to get the weightless proportions. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to help the rebellion, the resistance survive, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. No, I, I really think, uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? You know, there's, there, there is, by the way, there's a, I really, I've been talking to Charles Sewell and, and, uh, some other people, but mainly Charles about, I, I want to see a series, um, about the, the resistance pilots. I think it would be really interesting, you know, um, sort of a Top Gun kind of look at, their life and what they go through and all those little missions and the recon and all the things that they do. Um, uh, it just would be a great way to peel back, you know, that kind of that curtain and, and see what their lives are like, which could be really fun. And that, that could answer that question as, as to what was going on. Um, that was a, a weird thing. That was like, 
I mean, Star Wars to me, in the end, everybody died in that movie. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad I didn't buy uh, <laughs> in that. But, um, you know, that was like at the beginning of when, when it was announced, I'm like, okay. So of course I turned to the only person I know. I mean, I know Kathy and I know them, but I don't know him. Like I know, know JJ. And I was like, dude, you got to get me in that movie. I mean, I want to be in that movie. He's like, well, it's not my movie, but I'll put in the good word. And of course he mentioned it a couple of times. And, uh, Ryan just didn't think that it was what he wanted to do for, for the movie. And I really love that movie. So I'm torn. Like, you know, I see the movie and I want to be in it. Uh, and then I love it so much. And it makes me even more angry that I'm not in the movie because I loved it. So, um, but at that time it was, and I remember there was a bit of a text Jane going, you know, from Jess going, did you hear? And I'm like, I didn't hear. Well, how are they going to do it? They have to bring back. I mean, this star Wars is all about seeing your favorite pilot walk through screen and doing that, this or that. Sure. And he just opted to not do that. Um, so that was even more reason, by the way, that the better news, you know, and JJ said he's back. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. so, so take us back to, you got the call or the email, a text from JJ that you're going to be in episode seven. And then, uh, your friend Kevin Smith, he he admitted he he cried when he uh, saw the Falcon, and then he walked you know uh, onto the Falcon. Did you have a similar experience? That's a great question. Yes, I did. Um, I wa- I had a wardrobe fitting, and JJ said, uh, "Where are you?" And I said, "I'm over on this stage. This is not Pinewood, and I'm over there." I said, "I'm gonna walk over." He's like, "Hurry up, man! Hurry up! Just do it and get over here." And I'm like, "Okay," and he. Uh, you know, it's not the first time he had obviously seen it and everything, but for me, and, and of course, right away, they're like, you know, no cell phones. And I mean, you can imagine on that movie and, and nine, but that movie was just top secret. There were drones flying overhead, um, because they were trying to find out who was in the movie and what was happening. And they took us in cars. I mean, just, uh, you know, whatever it was 30 feet, 40 feet, you had to get in a car you know, because you were in a tent and then you had to drive over here into this building and then get out. They just didn't want anybody to know what was going on. Um, but when I, I walked in, I had my cell phone. I walked in and I videotaped uh, <laughs> you know, on my phone and I, and I'm like, look, they're not going to, I'm his best friend. They're not going to say anything. And of course they said, you know, Hey, with the phone, whatever. I didn't care. And I did, you know, I did, but I was, I, my two objectives were to, uh, enjoy and capture as much of this as I possibly can, uh, for my family, for my kids or whatever. And with JJ. And, uh, hang out every moment that we could together in London that I was there. And then also to steal as much shit as I possibly could. From his <laughs> and I, and I didn't get anything. Like they had, I mean, I've never been on a set where there's so much security everywhere. Um, but when I did walk on for the first time, um, it, it was, it was just, it was amazing. And I took some photos. Um, and now I can talk about this. This was crazy. So, I was, I can't remember what con it was. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if it was 501st or Rebel Legion or what it was, but there were these guys that had replicated the, uh, you know, the cockpit of, um, was it my cock? No, it was, it was the, it was the Falcon. And I went over to say hello to them as I always do. And I took pictures and stuff. I just love how much passion and time and money they put in. And, uh, and they were like, what do you think? Does it look like the Falcon? And I, and I'm looking, I can't tell the difference. It all looks amazing. Cause you know, the level of detail, you guys see it. And I'm like, wow, this is actually incredible. And I said, you know what guys, if you, I mean, I have a photo of it. If you want to see, and, and I, this is before the movie came out. Totally. I'm a moron. Like, what am I doing? But I'm caught up in the moment. 
I love them. They are just so passionate. So I show that I go, I will show you a photo, but I'm going to show it for about five seconds. That's it. They huddled around me. I pulled it out. I showed it to them. And then, and then immediately I didn't exist. Like they looked at it, I pulled it down and then they were, they all huddled. They were like, what was that lever? I mean, there was the green thing. You see. It was also an orange thing with it. It was unbelievable. And then I had to, I literally had to go in and, and say, uh, I mean, they were all, I was like, please don't say anything. I can't believe I just showed you. And there were a couple of things that were added to the Falcon that I don't even, I didn't see, but they saw, you know? And so anyway, that, you know, there are those moments where I just have said too much. The first movie, I remember I couldn't even say anything. I was so, you know, everything gets twisted before a movie like this comes out. Um, it's better off just saying nothing, but mm-hmm. he, everybody knows that we're best friends. And, and so I'm on the carpet here. I'm doing an interview there on the radio here or whatever or podcast and people will ask questions and no, even the most, you know, the most general statements they take out of context. And, uh, there was a Washington Post, um, uh, reporter and I said, JJ is really excited about this. I mean, I, I know that things are going really well when he just says uh, he's so thrilled to show me things. And I mean, that could, nothing could be more innocent than that, right? Mm-hmm. Headline, JJ Abrams predicts the movie's going to be incredible. I never said any of that. I, I just said, I know when my friend feels really good about a pro, it was all positive. I get a call from JJ going, shut the f- up. <laughs> just stop talking. I'm like, but I said nothing. And he goes, well, clearly this and this. And I said, okay. And I got the reporter on with JJ. And I said, did I say those words? And he was like, no, not so much. And JJ, and, and he heard, you know, it was either an email. I think it was an email. And he said, no, I apologize. I, I, so at least, I mean, JJ is my best friend. Nothing can get between us, but that was, it was one of the things like he was hearing from Disney. Like, why is Greg a guy that, that has a small role? You know, it's just, they were trying to, yeah, and, and rightfully so. You know, JJ has this, and you've, if you've seen his TED talk, he talks about the magic box and he talks about how a theater is, is, uh, you know, is, it's like this box where you don't want to know what's inside it until you're inside it actually experiencing it. So trailers shouldn't give away too much and, and, and all of that. You know, I mean, have you seen his, his TED talk, JJ's? No, I haven't. No. Oh, guys, you have to see. <laughs> We're doing that next. <laughs> no, no, I mean today, please watch it. It's it's so brilliant. So JJ, when he was a kid, he um he was and still is a fan of magic. I love magic too. He loves magic. He actually does it, and he's very good at it. Um, hmm. with Larry Fong and a bunch of our friends. But um, JJ, uh, when he was a kid, he his his grandfather used to take him to I think it was called Ned Tannen's or Tannen uh, Tannen's Magic shop in New York. And it was amazing. And I've been there with him where the elevator opens up and you're in the middle of this store, you know, this magic shop. So the elevator opens up and there's just a counter that goes around. So you're immediately, they're like, you know, you like, it's almost like the elevator opens up, you take one step out and they're like, pick a card, any card. And you're like, what? Like you're in the middle of it, you know? And it's, and he used to take him there. He would buy tricks and things. And this one thing that he bought uh, for JJ and it was this mystery box. And you, it's just like one of those things that you buy and you don't know what's in it, but you're excited. You know, it's magic tricks and things. And even at that young age, I don't know what it, how old he was, 11, 12 or something. He took the, took the box home and he has still never opened that. Oh, wow. <laughs> because wow. whatever you imagine, and he talks about it at great length and, and it fuels his creativity 
whatever you imagine, it's never going to live up to what's actually in there. So, um, I mean, it's, it's what I'm saying, the opposite, you know, your imagination is always so much greater than what's actually in there. And so, um, why ruin it? You know, keep that excitement. If I have an idea, this gets to the creative that I write as well. And, uh, you know, not like JJ, but I write and, um, I'll have an idea like dream jumper, my book. Do you guys, are you guys aware of this? I might as well we plug this. You about that. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. So dream jumper is, you know, my graphic novel. This one's signed twice. <laughs> What? <laughs> um, but we have we have two books in the series. When I when I came up with the idea, my son actually, I'll tell you the story quick. So, and I'm rambling. Mm. I apologize. I love you guys. I'm telling you. About it. Um, so, uh, my son Ben was having trouble sleeping. He was like what, 11 or 12, and uh, uh, I was trying to put him back to sleep. And I, and he said, "It's so real, Dad. It was like this dream, so real." I said, "What was it?" And he goes, "Well, it was it was like it wasn't my dream." I said, "What?" He goes, yeah, it was me, but I was able to jump in and out of my friend's dreams and save them from their worst nightmares. And I'm thinking, that's so cool. Like a kid that has the ability to do that, to get into the dream world and save his friends. And then, um, so after that, I, I met with and partnered with Lucas Turnblum, who's an incredible illustrator and artist and storyteller. And we wrote uh, Dream Jumper together. And, um, but right when that idea happened, before I met Lucas, I, of course, turned to the one person that I do when I have a great idea that I think is a great idea. And I'm like, JH, I got a great idea for, for a TV show. And he's like, write it. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I want to tell you the idea. And he's like, I don't want to hear it. If you think it's great, then it's great. And the energy, this is what I've learned from him. And, and he doesn't, not in so many words, but this is what I learned is like the energy that it takes to pitch somebody something is the energy that will carry you to finish. There are so, there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of half written scripts or half written ideas. We all do it. You know, you start getting into it and you're like, oh, okay, now what do I do with it? Now expand it a little bit and then you go back and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and you never finish. So if you're just dying to let people see and, and be as excited as you are about an idea, that will carry you to actually finish the idea. So why not do that? And so, that was, he was the first person I turned to and he said, and then he, I was like, no, I have to tell you because I don't want to waste my time. I don't know. And he, so I told him and he's like, dude, that's special. That's huge. That is amazing. And that's why he wrote the foreword in the book. He was like, this is amazing. He said, but this is a graphic novel. And I don't, I did not know the world of graphic novels. So when I was down at Comic Con, I saw Lucas who had done some work for my charity. Uh, um, I did a comic strip about somebody in an office having a seizure, you know, whatever. And, and I went up to him to thank him. And then I said, Hey, by the way, has there ever been, cause there's never a new idea. I said, has there ever been a thing about a kid who can jump? And he just was like, what did you say? And I told him he got, he immediately got it. So began our year long journey of actually writing and, and he did all the illustration. Then we scholastic picked it up and you can buy it everywhere. You know, it's dream jumper book one, book two, but um, yeah, that's, that kind of encapsulates that whole thing where it's like, don't let it out of the box, you know, let people get, in yourself included, you know, excited about the potential reaction that will carry you to finish the project. Even if it's just a treatment or a script or whatever, do it. Don't talk about it. Do you have any more coming out or working on your Or is there any more development in the, uh, the TV aspect of it? Yes, there is. Ooh. 
Cool. Anything you can share with us? No, no, oh, no. But it's great to hear that it is continuing. Forward. It is continuing, and we are working on book three. Um, oh, nice. Book, book three we've been working on for a while. There, yeah. It's become very, very popular. I hear from kids all the time. It's, you know, if it's not a 501st member in an elevator, it's a kid saying, <laughs> I love your book. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those two things. But, uh, yeah, we're excited about where this is headed. And then, yeah, we just uh, partnered with a huge producer to do something great. So I'm, I'm excited about it. That's really oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of like television production and that, how are things going for you? I mean, with everything shut down, the whole industry essentially shut down, you know, um, how do you feel about that? You know, is, is and is there any kind of light that you've seen yet as far as things starting to, you know, where you can get back to work or, or at least the industry, you know, productions, you know, starting yeah. back up. Yeah. I mean, the people that got caught in the middle of it, um, the pilots that were about to start, um, you know, it, there's this cycle that happens in TV where it's like, okay, pilots and then we're racing to finish them. And, and then that's why a lot of pilots just aren't that great because it's like, you're racing. You shouldn't be racing. You should take your time. That's why streamers, you know, take their time. They get an order of 12, 13 episodes. So you can actually write that arc instead of just worrying about, you know, let's just get it up. And then, oh, oh, we got picked up. Oh, now we got to extend it. You know, it, it's proper. So in that respect, I think it's a good thing that some of the, you know, the, the networks are learning. This is the traditional networks are looking at it and going, okay, well, we don't have to be on that cycle. Like people are at home right now. They're creating. We can pitch. I've been pitching over Zoom. Um, you know, some reality ideas and some things, but, uh, and I've been working on stuff. Um, I haven't been writing as much as I want to, I need to, but, um, that's been good. And then of course my career, I've been doing the insiders, which has been great. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think as far as the industry is concerned, I don't know how right now, short of a vaccine, um, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Can you guys believe this? What was happening? So crazy. It's nuts. And now with all these protests, I look we're going to have a major spike again, a major spike. And it's not going to affect the people that are out there protesting. It's going to affect their family and their relatives. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's awful. It's just, and I get the protests. I am with them a hundred percent. But how else do you do it? You can't social distance and protest. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, to that end, how am I going to have a conversation with another actor close up? How, you know, two actors going to kiss? How are two actors, how are you going to do a crowd scene? How all of those things, um, you know, television, film, as we know, it's going to be changing. It's going to change a little bit for, I think, at least a couple of years in, in how we shoot it. Um, they're trying a few things, quarantining crews. I know that Blumhouse and Universal, they're doing that right now. At, at the Sheraton Universal, they have a crew that they're quarantining in the, in the hotel, I think, and taking them down shooting and they go back to the hotel, you know, or at least they're thinking about that. A lot of studios are thinking about that. I have a studio of my own in uh, North Hollywood. And so we, you know, we were set up that we, not a huge space, but it's like 6,000 square feet. So you've got, or 50 something square feet. You have, um, you know, the ability to say no one comes in or out. Everybody's is checked. We check temperatures, and, but you know, people go home. I mean, who knows? It's really, really tough. Um, uh, you know, I want to remake Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I mean, the, those are the types of. <laughs> I don't know if you ever remember that John Travolta did a movie way back in the day where he was inside a bubble, you know, because he had a disease that no one could get close to. I mean, are those the stories we're going to tell? Are we? Are we? Is it just going to be single, 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 single? department heads and departments, first of all, crews are going to be much smaller. Um, 
no more crowd scenes. You're going to have to do like, there's a, I don't know. I go on and on. It's yeah. like, yeah. what about going to see comedy or comedy yeah. shows or music shows or any of that stuff? It's really a shame. It's so hard. Um, is, is JJ getting all these calls though saying, Hey, what you did with Carrie Fisher and recorded her performance and put it in separately. We want to know how you did that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, can you imagine that's, yeah. I mean, we're going to see, it's going to be like Zelig. There's going to be, we're going to be putting one actor into, you know, a, a movie yeah. that we used to see and just reuse that footage, you know, or, or crowd stuff. I, you know, you, to not directly answer your question, but I think, the special effects teams are certainly going to be used. Um, the technology is going to be used in a way where you can be sitting at a re- look, uh, look at, uh, um, uh, you know, Mandalorian. I mean, God, the Mandalorian's shot with those huge screens. So there, they can do it. I didn't, I watched Mandalorian. I'm like, this is the greatest show. John Favreau is a master filmmaker. I knew that already, yeah. but. Like, this is so brilliant. And then somebody told me, they're like, hey, my buddy's a boom operator. You know how they do this, right? And I'm like, no. And I went back, and I'm looking. I'm trying to find the seam. I'm trying to find the thing. Nothing. It's seamless, man. It's did did so you good. see the uh, the uh, thing on Disney Plus that showed how the, what do they call it, the volume, how that thing works? No. Oh, oh yeah. There's, there's What's the series called on Disney Plus? Yeah. Disney Plus Gallery or something like that. It's yeah. behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Oh, I'm going to watch it today. It's, after, it's <laughs> no, the fourth uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, there's, they're like half-hour episodes, and there's one specifically on the technology, and it's amazing. Um, and just, you know, John Favreau had used game engine technology, yeah. I guess, you know, and, and how so the perspective shifts. Um, and you know, that's what I heard. Screens. And yeah, there's a couple actors yeah. I talked to and they said it's a little weird at first because of the corner of your eye. You can see this. This mm-hmm. is shifting as you're mm-hmm. yeah. like the camera's moving. So I don't know. I, yeah. I, I want to see it. Leave it to, you know, ILM stuff, you know, of course, to be game changers, you yeah. know, just in the technology, you know, for uh, special effects. Yeah. So, I mean, I think your question is a valid one. I think that's what they're going to have to do for a while, you know, and it's going to be like, all right, well, you know. I would usually use this technology to make, um, you know, uh, the festival of ancestors look like thousands and thousands of people, which they had <laughs> from what I understand, but still let's multiply that crowd. Now I want to just fill this cafe with two or three people. Mm-hmm. Can you, and, and they'll do that, you know, mm-hmm. so there'll be some, so it'll look like it's a crowded, you know, New York restaurant, but it won't be, there won't be anybody next to them and they'll yeah. just digitally put it in or maybe they'll, and then to control the whole thing, they'll do it Mandalorian style where you'll be on a stage and it'll be all green screen, you know, putting these people in these environments instead of, uh, mm-hmm. but that still doesn't answer the question of two people, you know, laying in bed, having a conversation together or, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, there's these intimate moments that, um, I mean, I can't, I, my in-laws, I went over to my in-laws yesterday to hang a vacuum for them, you know, and my, and they just scat, you know, their age and everything. They, they were like, doors, front doors open. <laughs> and I came in with a mask and gloves and it's like, you know, oh my God, like, how am I going to get it? So, so by the way, um, okay. So I, I, I just realized I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I got a call from, uh, from this production and they're shooting this thing. And it kind of encapsulates again. It's, 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 I call it quarantainment because it, it relates to what's going on right now. But they said, we'd love you to, to star in this thing. And I said, sure. So I've been shooting tomorrow's my last day shooting at home. 
They send this sterile package. You know, it's been sterilized, hermetically sealed, and in it has got a laptop and a camera and another camera and a phone because you're doing we're doing some stuff. You know, with uh, and it's not the insider style, um, but it's similar. I mean, it's kind of what we're doing. I don't send gear to anybody in the insiders. It's like I, you know, I want these writers to make money and you know to support people. Um, by the way, Project One, uh, Warner Media One Fifty gave a gave five hundred million dollars to the Actors Fund and. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, they've been so, so supportive, but um, yeah, this, this package will show up today and then tomorrow the DP is on zoom and he's like, all right, so um, set up the camera. Can you widen out a little bit? And it's this technology. And so wow. I'm exhausted at the end of that day, <laughs> my wife and I are yelling at each other because she's doing the slate for them and helping out and getting props and stuff. I'm like, Man, when were the days when I get on a plane, go to London, and shoot a movie? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you, you are the roles now, right? I'm no longer there. But but you know, I'm hoping you're saying to your wife, though, like, oh man, the craft services here was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> wardrobe crafty. I mean, and transpo. She's just amazing. <laughs> one, one person handles all three of those things. Yeah. Uh, and the actor that I worked with, his wife is a big actress and she couldn't be sweeter. So I'm doing the off, off camera, right? So on my side, I'm on, he'll be on the computer and I'll have a camera set up. I'll have a camera set up here getting the shot of the room. Then I'll have a, you know, if I'm doing a handheld thing, we're like, dude, what's going on in the conversation? But um, she did the same thing, and they're and by the way, both of our they're both named Elizabeth. So his Elizabeth and my Elizabeth, and I'm just like going, oh my god, she's. And then I realized, oh my god, my wife's doing the same thing. And it's only for a few <laughs> days, you know. This whole thing is like a ten day shoot or something like that, eight days. But um, yeah, I mean, you realize they're going to be cutting down a lot more. That we, I have a prop uh, guy on our street, and Tom, and he was saying how. He's had to turn down a couple of jobs, like commercials. They're like, oh, we're in, we're out. It's like, well, commercials, you're shooting in someone else's house. You can't sterilize everything. Um, people have to use the restroom. People have coming and going, even if you have a small crew. He deals in props, you know, like I said, so everybody's, everything's touchy-touchy. And, and resetting a prop means, all right, I need to sterilize it. And, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. We got to do it though. We got to do it's it. Different worlds. It sounds like you're really making the uh, some really great innovations though, as far as using the technology we have. Yeah, and then also when you are limited and you can't lean on uh, some of the things that you normally have. It's like when you, you know, I've done like Big Ass Spider. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but you need to see that. That's a movie that I did, and it was just so much fun. It was like a you know sci-fi thing with uh, Lombardo Boyard and I are just. It's just a great movie about giant spider, and. um so Big Ass Spider had a small budget. So I went from Star Wars to like this tiny budget. When you don't have, and I'm not saying that, you know, people get lazy when they have a bigger budget, but when you are constricted in certain ways creatively, it, it, a lot of times you tend to be more creative. You know, the challenges make you, uh, think outside the box. And, and, uh, that's certainly what's happened right now. Like the next five of the insiders, I'm like, I want to use drone cameras. I want to use um, the backup camera on a car. Like, this is what I thought of. How great How great is this? I'm kind of spoiling because I think we're going to shoot this one, but it'll be great. You don't know who the actors are yet or anything. But um, a couple is arguing, and she's in the car. You just hear him get out of the car and runs around, and or he's coming back from the market or the ATM, whatever, and he's like, move over. What are you doing? I was driving. She's like, no, I'm leaving you. 
what? Now the window's rolled up. So they can have this argument where it's like, bah, 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 and they could be right there because there's a window <laughs> between them. And they're screaming and yelling at each other. And it's like, and she goes, and she goes, I'm leaving and I'm leaving now. I can't believe you did this. And he's like, what are you talking about? She puts it in reverse. He runs around to the back of the car to block her. And then he realizes, oh, the camera. So he leans down and he's like, honey, I love you so much. He's, he's <laughs> having this sweet moment to her. She's then watching in the, ra- you know, the radio uh, screen. I mean, it's talk about using the technology. Yeah. Um, it could be great. And Amanda Foreman, Mandy Foreman from Felicity Days, um, she actually is a really good friend. And, uh, um, you know, that was kind of like where the impetus came. She was like, well, you can use a backup camera. But I'm, all I'm saying is like really like having to rethink it and go, wait a minute, we could do that. Or using, I want to do a rear window remake with Nest cameras where you're, you're checking your Nest camera and you're like, hmm, I mean, is that Tom <laughs> from next door? And then you see something from your neighbor you shouldn't have seen. And now you have to go out there and look in his window. And, you know, that's interesting. Great idea. I love yeah, it. Could be good. So uh, I know we're, I think we're uh, running short on time. So uh, Nikki and Marcus, I know you had some other uh, questions that you wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, earlier you had touched on briefly um, the charity uh, that you work on. Uh, yes. The epilepsy, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's Thank called you. talk, talk about it. Dot uh, org is my uh, foundation uh, under the epilepsy foundation of America. Our oldest son, Jake has epilepsy and, um, Epilepsy is uh, terrible. It is the worst. Um, I mean, you know, you can say cancer is worse and you can say this and that are worse. But in our experience, I, I use that term, obviously, just saying how terrible it is. Um, it's just the worst because it's the, sort of the silent thing. You see somebody and they're just living a normal life and, they, and an extraordinary life. Then all of a sudden they're hit with a, a you know, seizure and it can happen at any time. So um, the people in the epilepsy community are so incredibly brave. I have a podcast called Talk About It. Um, and they're just spectacular people living amazing lives and doing things that you would think, oh, you can't do that because you have, you know, seizures. No, there's ways of doing it and, and becoming stronger for it. My son is an example of it. I mean, he's just, an, he's just an amazing, amazing guy. Um, I love him and, he, and he's just, he works at Bad Robot with, uh, JJ and Katie and everybody there. And, um, you know, he just doesn't let anything stop him. He doesn't drive, but he, you know, everything else, he, he, he's just a normal person, normal, normal kid. So anyway, uh, one of the things that people are afraid to do is talk about it. And that's why I started talk about it because there should be no stigma attached. Um, and I'm in, I'm hoping that we can help other charities too and other ailments and other diseases and things. Cause the more people know what to do in case you have a seizure, if you talk about it with, with other people, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Everybody's got something, you know? Um, so, um, talk about with others. It doesn't have to define you, but at the same time, you know, the more information, it's very empowering, the more, you know, so if you go to talkaboutit.org, you'll see everybody that you can imagine, uh, you know, that I've worked with ever, all these celebrities and they, they bring up a subject and then I have a doctor or a nurse uh, or practitioner or someone, um, talk about and give the answer to those questions. So it's just interesting to know, never stick anything in anyone's mouth. The seizure is going to stop after two minutes. If it doesn't call the paramedics, you know, EMTs, um, and then never, you know, put them on their side. Like the, there's basic things that we should know. And then you just start, Oh, there's Milo Ventimiglia. There's Jen Garner. There's Lady Gaga. There's, you know, so go to the site and you'll see all these great things. And, um, it affects way too many people. So, no one's ever said no to me. Everyone knows someone who's, you know, who's affected by seizures or epilepsy. So, um, and again, you guys have helped at charity events and things. So I appreciate it so much. Yeah. That's our, that's our thing. Bad guys. Yeah. doing good. Exactly. Bad guys doing good. 
Love it. Love it. So I brought my my prop along with me today because um, I don't know if you realize, but you, your character is one of the few X-Wing pilots that uses an R6-shaped dome for the astromechs. Yes. And I'm one of the few astromech or droid builders that has an R6 dome for my... Astromech. I love it. Okay, well, let me sign that for you. <laughs> virtually oh man that's so cool by the way if you have any pictures of you with your droid from the set or not oh do i um i think i do not offhand though no i don't know although i have to say uh i'll leave you with this thought which was crazy i prepped an a-wing and i crashed an (laughs) x-wing what happened (laughs) what happened there (laughs) Uh, i got asked that by a kid and I called JJ, and JJ was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I said, dude, dude, come on. And it's it's one of those, although my Lego, my new Lego is an A-Wing, so I'm, I love that. You know, and, uh, but it's one of those mysteries where you go, wait a minute, she throws my helmet to me, I'm prepping an A-Wing, and then all of a sudden I crash in the next one. <laughs> we'll see, yeah. Maybe you're helping out with a buddy and prepping his plane. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Did you have you seen uh Jamie Sangstrom's uh movie um all about um the uh stormtrooper who who bumped his head? In no. the, uh, oh I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard of it. Oh you have to see it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um I forgot what it's called now. Uh oh I forgot. It's a takeoff on a title of the film on bumping, but it's so good. Kevin Smith's in it, I'm in it. Jamie's brilliant. He's my buddy, he works for the BBC and he did this documentary finding out because there were like four or five uh different actors that claimed no that was me i bumped my head yeah. and he's like <laughs> who was the actual actor that bumped the head a <laughs> it was brilliant so good so so good oh so i think uh todd wanted to like close us out with some little rapid fire trivia you still want yeah to- do it you up for it all right i'm up let's go we'll call this like pulse blaster style yeah it's going to be some q a's from the uh, galaxy's peacekeeping governments right you know all right let me, like let me, let me in change, the first order yeah. all right let me change my background if you're coming at me like that we gotta get let's get some let's get some action going all right that sounds close good it out like this here we go so this is going to, you know, almost like, you know, just like improv, just first thing comes to your mind. We just want a quick answer. You ready? So we've got half a dozen questions here. Ready? Okay. Here yeah. Of right. the following names, who is the most deserving to be encased in carbonite for his crimes or just general bad attitude? Poe Dameron, C-3PO, Luke Skywalker, or that laughing monkey lizard at Jabba's Palace? The monkey lizard. Mm-hmm. All right. Which of these titles is most accurate for Leia? Princess, your worshipfulness, or part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor? Wow, you're you're uh, the second one. Uh, okay. Your worshipfulness, okay. Your worship worshipfulness, yeah. yeah. Say that <laughs> ten times. Your worshipfulness, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, who would you rather kiss? A Wookiee, an annoying Gungan, or a hut? I would kiss a hut in a second. <laughs> that tongue, though, though. I know. That's why I'm going there. <laughs> All right. Did you cry when Chewie got his medal? Your answers are either yes, heck yes, or I was a blubbering mess. Uh. Yes. You can bleep that out if you want. Are you kidding me? It was about freaking time. (laughs) Who's the cutest Star Wars character? Porgs, the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, or Grand Moff Tarkin? Porgs. All right. (laughs) And what is Snap Wexley's first name? Tiberius, Temin, 
Tyrannus. Oh, Temin. <laughs> All right. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, this is awesome, you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, the documentary is called The Empire Strikes Door. Oh, yes. Uh, the Empire Strikes Door. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Guys, check it out. Please, everybody out there that's listening, check it out. It's on YouTube, The Empire, the, the Empire Strikes Door. And um, Jamie is just brilliant. So comment and, and subscribe. Um, he and I are going to be doing a bunch of stuff together uh, in, a, in a little bit. But he's just the best. So great. Now, uh, and to close us out, I see that you are uh, on both Instagram and Twitter at, at Greg Grumberg. Yes. And, and on YouTube, yep. youtube.com uh, slash Greg Grunberg channel. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. This has well, been so exciting to be able to talk to you. Oh, it is my pleasure. You guys are awesome. Anytime, please <laughs> don't hesitate. I really appreciate everything you're doing and I love doing stuff with you guys. So I'm there and I'm part, I'm part, come on. I'm part of the Bible first. Yeah. I'm a traitor. I'm a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we look forward to being able to get out and troop again soon at, at stuff that you ask us to come out for. So, but you know, anything virtually too that we can help with, just let us know. Okay, I appreciate that so much. Thank you, and I'll let you guys know when the new episodes of the Insiders come out, yeah. so we can let uh, you know everyone the five hundred first know. For sure. All right, guys, take care. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being with us today. Yep. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Hi, this is David Collins, Star Wars voice actor and editor at Skywalker Sound. You're listening to the Five Hundred First Cast. Well, again, thanks to Greg Grumberg for joining us for that wonderful interview. So now we've got a shout-out. Congratulations to Gustavo, TK90407, from Rancor Hunters Garrison, for being the Trooper of the Month for April 2020. Here's his nomination. Gustavo, in this pandemic, has tried to help those who need it most, in this case, older adults who do not have the support of any family member to eat. Every day, Gustavo takes the necessary sanitary measures to distribute food from a family of restaurant owners who provide meals for the most needy in this contingency, such as the elderly with low incomes, disabled people, and families who do not have income due to lack of work. Gustavo's mission as a legionary is to locate these families and help in the distribution of food. Thanks so much, Gustavo, for all your efforts. Outstanding work. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st cast is now also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. 
used under authorization.